All right, as the offering plates make their way around, uh, I'm just going to say a few things here. Uh, Number one, if you're new to KPC, I'm Steve, one of the pastors here at this amazing church where people just love Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with that woo. A couple things, though. With Jacob Sterley coming, this means that uh, today is actually Harrison's last day. Harrison was our interim media person, ended up being interim for about a year. So, Harrison, wherever you are, on behalf of the church, I I see your head. Thank you. Your father must be so proud of you today. That's all I can say. All right. Um, Just a couple of other things. Um, Other ways that you can give uh, besides the offering, the deacons are about to do the food pantry project. Now, you might be wondering, what's the food pantry project? Well, here it is. We have a food pantry here at KPC. They feed feed, uh, needy families with tons of food uh, per year. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of people Uh, Their needs are met through this building in the back of the church here. Uh, We lovingly call it the barn. Well, the barn is looking bad, so the deacons have been setting aside money for quite a while, and they are going to take what they have saved up, and they're going to begin to renovate, uh, uh, make make the place more efficient, fix it up. Um, And so you've got an opportunity to give. They are going to do the best they can with their, I think it's about $25,000. But if you want to give to that project... Um, you know, they, they can do even more than we imagine. So it's line 805 if you're keeping track of things like that. If you, if you get to the place where you pray about it and you say, you know what, Lord, I need to give to this project because we're reaching the community for Jesus Christ, um, just put in the memo line of your check, hey, this is for the, the food pantry, and we'll put it to good use. So let's see what we can do. And we, you deacons, y'all need to give us some, some updates and reports. I mean, we need some, like, in-progress pictures as you guys do this, but you can join us in that. Um, another one is this. Will, uh, Will Bond is the boss of Jacob Soto. Now, does everybody know who Jacob is? Jacob, Jacob last week gave one of his kidneys to his father. They are both recover, uh, recovering, recuperating. Great surgery. The kidney is functioning uh, very well in Walt. He is, yeah. And, and Walt was really excited about this kidney. So he's doing great at the hospital. He'll get out uh, probably today or tomorrow. Jacob's at home recovering, but he, he works for maintenance, uh, for will and maintenance, and he can't do his job for the next six weeks because he's at home. So if you have some spare time and you know how to follow directions, um, you could volunteer a day to help Will. Now, I did this on Friday. I worked for Will on Friday. That's my normal day off. So I, I vacuumed the sanctuary. I hope it looks good. Um, the kids, when you go back into one of your rooms, I got, to, I got to do some painting in there. I edged the lawn last week, uh, got the leaf blow. It was, one of the, it was one of the best days I ever had. And listen, with Will, let me go ahead and just dispel your fears, okay? Will is big, all right? He looks really mean, but he's just like this mountain of love. So working for Will is an awesome thing to do. So if you can volunteer, just let us know and we'll put you to work. Um, he might be walking by right, yeah, there he goes in the hall right now. Okay, final thing is this. Our Ghana team is going August the 22nd. If you remember the last time we went to Ghana, we collected money for goats. And what we did was $50, for every $50 we got, we, we purchased a goat for a village child, okay? And what these children do with this, yeah, it's phenomenal. You give a goat to a child, a, a young goat to, to a child. As a child grows up, they raise a herd, 
And there were stories after story after story last time of how a child would say, you know, the goat that somebody bought me 12 years ago, I raised it into a herd, I sold half of it, I fed my family through the winter, or I went to college. A lot of people have been asking, can we do it again? Absolutely. So just give to the Ghana Goat Project, and uh, we'll bring pictures back from Africa when we go in just a couple weeks, all right? I think that's enough announcements. Does everyone agree with that? Okay, well, let's get on with it. All right, let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for today. Lord, we, uh, we, we love what you are doing in our lives. Father, we love what you have done in our lives. We love what is yet to come with you. And I thank you for this day, this moment, that this is the day that you've made. And God, today, we want to rejoice in it. We want to be glad in what you've given us. And so, Lord, we thank you for the Word of God now. We thank you for how we come to life when we ingest this Word, when we hear it all the way down deep. And Father, I I just ask for KPC that we would be a church that not only hears the Word, but that really lives the words of God. So, Father, you are so welcome now to come and to just raise us up and do amazing things in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today is Family Sunday, and so what that means is we have our children with us. Yes! Okay, if, if you are a child, raise your hand. If, we, if, you, if you are a kid, a child, let's see some hands. I want to see how many children we Look at all these little hands going up everywhere. The kids are with us. So, kids, here's what we're going to do. Today, I'm going to preach a sermon just for the children, all right? Are you all good with that? But when I say all the children, I mean especially the big kids in the room, all right? The older ones, the adults. This is a message for all the children of God, um, but it involves a lot of kids. So don't worry, it's not going to be adult time. I mean, we're we're going to be dealing with some children here. So let's get started, okay? Today we're going to look at at the book of Luke, chapter 9. We're going to start there. And when we come to verses 21 and 22, we have a moment where Jesus tells the 12 disciples something very shocking, okay? He tells the disciples in Luke uh, 9, 21 and 22, he says, guys, I'm getting ready to suffer some terrible things. Some really bad things are about to happen to me. And then Jesus tells the disciples what these bad things are. He says, I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to be killed. And then three days later, I'll be raised from the dead. Okay, Jesus has just told the disciples this, all right? So if you're one of the disciples, this is a very difficult thing to have Jesus tell you. It's a really hard thing for the disciples to hear. Why? Because the disciples love Jesus. You know, the disciples left everything to follow Him, and Jesus has loved them. Jesus is growing them up in God. Their whole lives are changing because of Jesus. And, and, and so for the 12 disciples, you know, to hear something like this, you would have thought that this, this would have just broken them apart. You know, this would have just reduced them to ashes. At least two things should be true about the disciples as Jesus says, I'm going to die. Number one, the disciples ought to be really, really, really sad. Oh, Jesus, how can this happen to you? Jesus, when is this going to happen to you? Jesus, why is this going to happen to you? I mean, you would just be sad. If someone you love, somebody you looked up to said this to you, it would break your heart, right? Well, there's another thing that should be true about the disciples in this moment. 
They should never, ever, 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 ever forget what Jesus just said to them, right? I mean, we all have times in our lives, okay? And, and all of the men will agree with me. I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to this, but men, we forget stuff, don't we? All the time. There are things in life that you forget. Honey, honey, we, can you just take out the trash on the way to work? Babe, I'll do it. I got you, Jane. Two hours later, sweetheart, the trash is still where it was. Oh, I know I got busy. I just forgot. No, would you clean your room? Yes, Dad, I promise you I'm going to clean my room. You know, four hours later, no, I just walked up to your room. It looks like a train wreck. Oh, yeah, Dad, I forgot. There are things in life we forget, okay? But I submit to you today that when someone you love says, I am about to die, you never, ever, ever forget that. You just, uh, do you remember what Jesus said to us? Absolutely. I remember what he was wearing when he said it. I remember what time of day it was. I remember the day of the week it was. I remember everything about that moment. How could I ever forget I'm going to die? But y'all, here's the amazing thing. Incredibly, just a few verses later, okay, we're talking the same chapter um, we, we discover that uh, the di disciples, number one, are not sad at all. They're not sad. They're still in the same chapter. They're not sad. The other thing is they have completely forgotten what Jesus said to them. Listen to this, Luke 9, 46, it says this, the disciples began arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Okay, just a minute ago, we pretended that we're one of the disciples, right? And we just heard Jesus say, I'm going to die. I'll never see you again on this earth, right? And we'd feel sad and we'd never forget. Now pretend for just a minute that you're Jesus, okay? You're Jesus and, and you just told the disciples, the people that you're closest to, your everyday guys, right? You just told them, you know what, I'm, I'm about to leave the earth. This is it. My time with you. It's over down here. You tell them that. And um, your friends selfishly say back to you, oh, yeah, well, Jesus would then hold up. If you're going to die, well, which one of us is going to take your place? Well, Jesus, which one of us do you think is the greatest? Jesus, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and make me vice president of the disciples so when you die, I can just step up as president? Pretend you're Jesus. How does it feel if they completely forgot all about it and they started fighting for themselves? I think you'd feel one of two things. I, th I think, number one, you'd be sad. Guys, how can you feel this way? I just told you the saddest thing of all time. How can you be fighting for yourselves right now? How can you argue to, to, to rise up like this? You'd be, you'd be uh, sad or you would probably be pretty angry. I'll tell you this, if I'm Jesus in this place, I'm grabbing some lightning bolts and I'm zapping some disciples in this moment. This would really tick me off. But Jesus, y'all, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus goes completely the opposite way in this moment, and in verses 47 and 48, we read this. It says, in that moment, Jesus brought a little child to his side, and then he said to the disciples, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. And so what Jesus is telling the disciples this day is, guys, you have got the idea of spiritual greatness, you have got it completely backwards. You could not be more wrong in this moment than you, than, than you are. It's incredible. I mean, you guys think that greatness is about who is the most mature adult, you know? Who is the smartest adult? Who is the greatest leader among men? Who's got the greatest plan, you know? Who, who can solve the most problems? 
But Jesus pulls the child over and he says, guys, you want to know what great is? It's right here before you. Take a look at this child because this is your example. Spiritually, this is who you need to be like. Greatness is about having a child's heart and a child's mind when it comes to God. You know, when it comes to kids, man, kids hear about Jesus, and they just throw open the doors of their heart to Him. You know, children hear about God, and I tell you, a kid will invite God all the way inside every time. Children don't need volumes, okay, truckloads of proof or prove the existence of God to me. Children just don't need all that stuff. Kids don't need years of convincing. Kids just believe. They throw their arms around Jesus Christ. They welcome Him as Lord. And so Jesus says, look, guys, you want to be great? If you really want to be great, look no further than a child. Look at a child and be like a child when it comes to me. Okay, now at this, this, this point in time, our friends, the disciples, they got to be a little bit shaken up, okay? Jesus has just given them the announcement of a lifetime. They've completely forgotten about it, right? They've argued for themselves. Now they have been corrected by Jesus with a physical object lesson. Surely, surely, okay, at this point, nobody forgets what Jesus said, right? You never forget this lesson, especially after the embarrassment of this. So, you know, the disciples ought to be good. Lesson learned. Jesus, you know what? We got it. We can recite the words you said. Never, ever, ever, ever forget. Luke 18, 15 through 17. One day, some parents brought their little, child, uh, their little children to Jesus so that He could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, They scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children, and he said to the disciples, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't or won't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, here's what happens in in Luke 18. We're, We're nine chapters further down, you know, uh, down the line here. The lessons of the past have been learned. There have been some normal days, and this is one of them. One day, uh, this day starts like many does with Jesus while He was on the earth. Um, Jesus goes to a certain place, and He begins to minister to people. And we all know that the reason Jesus came was to lead us closer to God, to bring us into the life the life of the kingdom of God, to give us joy, peace. But we call all of this salvation. Now, salvation is a bigger word that has a much smaller word attached to it or kind of a root, and the word is save. We all know what it means to save somebody, right? You think of the person in the burning building, right? Building's on fire. You run in. You pull him out. What's up, my brother? You pull him out. What do we say? We say, man, you saved his life. You rescued him. A person's drowning, right? They're going under. They can't swim or they're too tired. Their life is almost over. Pull them out of the water. What do we call that? That is someone getting saved. They got their life back. Bus is coming down the street. Push, push them out of the way. If you're Superman, you can even stop the bus. I don't think you can pull that off. But that's, that's another example of saving someone. We save a life. Folks, Jesus Christ came to do that spiritually. He came to rescue us from sin and death. He came to give us eternal life. And the way Jesus did this, 
He, he did a little bit of what I'm doing right now, probably much better because he's the son of God, but Jesus preached to people. Jesus taught people. Jesus prayed for people. Sometimes Jesus did miracles. Why do a miracle? Just to show people. You want to know if the God I'm, ta I'm, I'm talking about is real right now? Boom, here you go. Just shows the love and the power of God. So Jesus did all of this so we would receive him as Lord and Savior. That's what's going on on, the, on this day. The problem, though, here in Luke 18 is that some parents had the nerve to bring their children to the service. They brought their kids and what they wanted. And you talk about audacious. I mean, you talk about parents with nerve. They wanted Jesus to bless the children, pray for the children, teach the children a little bit. Just, just you know, man, let them get close. Let them get some Jesus. But the disciples saw this, and they didn't like this. And the disciples began to scold the parents. What is wrong with you parents, the disciples say. You know, I, we, we did not put up vacation Bible school posters all over, over Jerusalem, right? Jesus is not doing vacation Bible school today. This is not a day school. There is not a summer camp program. Don't you parents understand that when it comes to Jesus, it's grown-up time, and we have got kids all over the place. We do not have time for children right now. And so Jesus does it again. Jesus corrects the disciples, and here he teaches them an incredible lesson. And the lesson he teaches the disciples, he starts off, off, off with, guys, you're asking these parents, what are they doing? I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what you are talking about. Do you remember Luke chapter 9? Flip back in your disciple Bible and read it all over again. Don't you remember what happened? Is the lesson already grown cold in your minds? What did I tell you about greatness? What did I tell you about, about childlikeness and greatness, children and their God? Guys, how could you stop them? after what I taught you. In fact, disciples, you need to get out of their way. Let them come to me right now. Don't you understand the kingdom of God, eternal life, it belongs to spiritual children. And so what Jesus is doing with these kids crawling all over the place is once again, Jesus is saying to the adults, to the grown-ups, to the ones who've already got life all figured out, everything all squared away, your children are perfect examples of who the Father is after. Every one of us, every one of us who call God Father, that makes us children. It makes us spiritual children. Even when we're 90 years old, we are spiritual children. And so Jesus is saying to these guys, folks, every adult should belong to me the way a child belongs to to his parents. Now, suddenly this gets real, doesn't it? Because we've had kids. We've seen kids in action. What do kids do? Kids see their parents, right? Oh, this happens every Sunday. I love it. Right after church, you'll see it. Kids migrate from, from, the, from the nursery. One parent gets them. They see the other one in the sanctuary. What do kids do every week? Daddy, mommy. Kids just run right up. They just run right up without hesitation, without fear. This is how we're to be. Jesus is teaching the disciples with God, no fear. For children, what do they do with their parents? They trust so easily, so quickly. You know, mom and dad, I, I'm really not sure we're going to eat tonight. You know, I've really got questions about you guys. Kid never questions that. You know, oh, I don't know tonight. You know, will I have a blanket tonight, mom and dad? You know, absolutely not. A child believes, a child trusts. So should we when it comes to God. 
I already said this before, but children, when it comes to their parents, man, they love their parents with their whole hearts. I saw one parent, and, and, and I will not call out his name because I would never embarrass Scott Walter like this. His daughter, his daughter last week, we went over to their house for lunch. His daughter was holding onto his leg, and he was walking around the house. She's just loving her dad, just being a kid. In a sense, it's wholehearted like that with us and God. You know, my children, my children follow me, well, used to follow me when they were young, everywhere I went. Do whatever I ask them to do. It's the same way with us and God. But the beautiful thing about children that really just grips me today is when it comes to life, man, kids love life, don't they? Kids are in 100%, 100% of the time. Even today, watch what happens, okay? They're sitting very politely here in the sanctuary. The minute, the minute the the sitting down restriction is over, man, these kids are all over the place. That's just how they are. They live life and they live life to the full. And so Jesus is saying, look, honestly, if you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child, man, if you can't interact and relate to God and just enjoy Him as a child will, you will never enter it. So again, who is an example of life and life to the full? Guys, they're sitting all around us today. I want you children to know something today. You are amazing examples to us adults. You guys are such great examples to us. Your love, your joy, your freedom, your openness, your faith. And as a shepherd, you know, because I am a shepherd, as your spiritual shepherd, as your pastor, here's what I want to ask you kids today. Please don't ever, ever, ever lose that. Please don't lose it. Listen, I know every one of y'all, you are going to grow up, okay? We can't stop that, right? I, I could somehow, you know, I kept, it, I kept it low. You guys aren't gonna be able to do that, right? You are going to grow up. You're gonna learn so much along the way, but guys, please don't grow up too much. You can grow out of childishness. You know what childishness is? You know, childishness is when, you know, you don't have any responsibilities, you know, you kind of do what you want. You guys are going to grow out of childishness, and you really should grow out of childishness, but don't grow out of childlikeness. That sweetness, that wonder that you have, please don't lose it. Because I'm going to tell you, as a grown-up, sometimes when we grow up, sometimes we as adults, we take the wrong path in life. We really do. Instead of trusting that God's going to take care of us, you know, is the Bible, is that in the Bible or not? Oh, it's all over the place. I, I will take care of you. All your days are numbered. You know, I've got your destiny. If I, if I take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, I will take care of you. We know God's going to take care of us, right? And the call is to trust Him. But what do we do sometimes, kids, when we get older? What adults do is we start worrying about stuff. You know, a little thing called money. Is the money going to run out? Are things going to fall apart? You know what that's called? It's called worry. You know what worry does when, when, you, when you let it hang out? Worry will eat you alive. Kids, sometimes what we do as adults, we get a little older, and we don't play enough. Amen. We, we don't enjoy our, our friends the way you guys do. Sometimes with adults, you know, work We work so hard as adults that we have nothing left for the people in our lives that matter the most. 
It's true. It happens to us. And that's really a sad thing. You know why? Because work is a gift that God gave to us. When you look back in Genesis, God gave Adam a job. And you know what was so cool about that job? It fit Adam perfectly. There was so much joy as he did what God called him to do. That's supposed to be what work is. It's not supposed to be a place that you bleed yourself dry and you've got nothing left for the people in your life. Sometimes, kids, this happens. Now, it probably never happened to your parents, but it's happened to some parents out there and some adults. Sometimes as adults, instead of saying we're sorry and making things right, we won't say we're sorry. We act like we never did anything wrong under no circumstances. Can we, we confess that we, we did something wrong. And then worst of all, sometimes as adults, we get way too serious about way too many things. And unlike you, we lose that appreciation for the beauty, the wonder, and the adventure of every day. That's part of the reason why God gave children to us. Part of the reason that our children are here is so that we would see them in action and we as adults would remember we would awake to an eternal truth. Hey, I'll keep it real for you. In worship, in worship, what would happen is we would see these little kids when they're with us, we would see them migrate down to the front and grab a streamer and dance and get all full of the music and sing, and we would just watch them worship the way a child worships the living God, and we would remember. You guys are an example to us, you kids, of what it's all about. I know for me and a lot of the parents, one of the reasons God gave me my kids is so that I would hear my kids come home after a Sunday and just hear how excited they are about what they learned about Jesus, Moses, or that guy I talked about last week who uh, was, was going to kill his son, but he killed a moose instead. So we would just hear that stuff. And we, we would just remember the wonder, the excitement, that just, just man, that this living word that changes us. One of the reasons our kids are given to us is so we would see how quickly they embrace the love of God and how quick they are just to love Him back. Kids, another reason you've been given to us is so that we would see how quick you are to say you're sorry and how quick you are to make things right. Can I tell you all a story um, from, from one of my children's lives? All right, uh, my son Harrison, who's 23, 24 age range, when he was little, he's about three years old, and we would put him down for a nap every day. And um, at the time, I had kind of a silly habit. I used to take all my loose change, and I would stick it into a sock, okay? So I, and I don't know why I did it. It was just this great big sock. It didn't fit me right, so I just threw all my change in that. And Harrison, at the age of three, thought, man, that is really, really cool. Why did he think it was cool? Well, there are a few reasons. Number one, coins are really shiny, okay? Um, you can also stack coins up, and they make a whole lot of noise, right? So they clink and all. So this is, a, this, is just, this is like kid heaven, right? These coins in this sock. And he would play with them all the time, but the problem is he started playing with them during nap time. So Jane and I had to crack the whip and say, Harrison, listen, when we put you down for a nap, you can't play with the pennies and the coins and, you know, the nickels. On. You can't do that, okay? So we turn on a fan, and Harrison, for a couple of weeks, he was really, really obedient, okay? He obeyed his mom and dad. And then one day, Jane and I were out in the other room, and we heard it, okay? We heard laughter. We heard money. You know, it was raining coins in the bedroom. Harrison just, he's partying with the, so I walked in the room, and Harrison kind of, you know, slid in front of the money, and I'm like, Harrison, 
are you playing with those coins? Yes, Dad, I'm, I'm playing with the coins. I said, didn't I tell you not to play with those coins? It's nap time. Yes. I said, Harrison, how did those coins get from the top of my dresser over here, you know, onto the floor? Well, the fan blew them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, bro, that's not going to work, man. So I said, look, you know what you did was wrong? It was wrong. You disobeyed us and you just lied. And you know what he did? I mean, because he was getting ready to get it. He looked up at me and he said, and only a three-year-old can do this. He goes, Dad, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. It's just the, that beautiful ability to turn, just to turn, lean right into forgiveness. Oh, kids, the way you guys do that. I, I love the way I saw this happen last week. Uh, one kid hit another. Um, I, I don't know who you were, so you're safe. But one kid hit another. Mother picked him up and said, all right, give him a hug. Both of them, just like that. It's beautiful. Such a simple example. I know another reason that God gave you guys to us is so that, that we would also be so quick to see how you guys live life and life to the full in Christ. Like I said earlier, as soon as this, this meeting is over, you're going to see kids everywhere. If you hang around the sanctuary, some of them will start playing hide-and-seek right under these pews. Some of them will be on the stage in shallow, and others will be herding them away from bank equipment. My son and at least three other boys will be in those bushes playing war right after the service. But again, guys, the, the bottom line with all of this is God gave our children to us, not only for us to raise, but as a model. And children, you, you guys have such a great job in the kingdom of heaven. Isaiah 11.6 says this. It says, and a little child shall lead them. Now, that, that is a verse about Jesus Christ growing up and leading us to the Father. But it's also true about you. As you guys walk with the Lord, you make an incredible difference. The way you welcome Him changes older hearts and minds and lives if we're watching, if we as adults will drink that in. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end the service, and, and we're going to do a couple things. I think that will be fun. The first one is a big risk, and I admit that. And if it doesn't pull off, then I'll go ahead and take care of this. But I wonder today if there is a child in the room who would be willing for just a minute to pray for us adults. And parents, you can help to say, say, yeah, they could really do this. Is there a child in the room that would be willing to pray for us? And I'll even help you. Where's that child? Uh, okay, come on up here with me. Can, can I have a, a microphone here? All right. Oh, yeah, the, uh, this guy's, he's a, come here. Come up here with me. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Yeah. Come here. Have a seat right here. See, the cool thing about this, none of these people are actually scary at all. They're really awesome. Okay, what, what's your name? My name's Connor Callum. Connor. Okay, Connor. Would you, would you be willing to just pray for us, for us adults, that we would have hearts and minds like you? Okay. And just anything else you want to pray. But I just think it'd be really cool for a child to pray for the adults today. Are you guys willing? Yes. Yeah. Here you go. Before I pray, I just want to say something. Yes, please do. Sorry. Oh, wait, was this on? Now it's on. Okay. Um, before, while everybody was singing on the stage, I saw someone crying. And, yeah, that guy over there who's raising his hand. Um, <laughs> I thought I could um, pray for him and go up to him, but I wanted to do it after the song. And 
I was a little shy though because it was the first time I did something this big. And then when I saw him walking out, I can't believe my parents let me go and say hi to him. So I prayed for him. I don't really understood what was wrong, but um, all I really heard was a game. And I was really upset for what happened, so I prayed and said, Lord, just make sure whatever's going on, whatever's wrong, just please make it right. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh. Kind of that's so awesome. See, now, now you're all warmed up. Can you pray for the rest of us in here? Um, okay. Yeah. Lord, <laughs> please, make, please make sure that whenever church is over, we'll all have a good time and that um, we can always, like the pastor said, that we'd always um, be like those children and yeah. always do all that good stuff and that everything is gonna be okay and that whatever our destiny is, we will fulfill them and that we'll always come here on Sunday and we'll always read our Bibles and everything that's good like that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, thanks buddy. Yeah, thanks Connor. Dude. Oh, it's so sweet. Hey, listen, there is, there is power in the prayer of a child. All right? If you doubt that, give it a try and see what happens. All right, adults, I'm going to end with this. We, uh, we as adults also have an incredible and a very serious opportunity with our children. Um, whether or not we have kids right now, we, make, we actually make a promise as a church about 10 to 20 times a year. Um, every time an infant is baptized or dedicated, we answer yes to two questions. And I want you to hear what these questions are. Question number one, do you, the members of this congregation, acting for yourselves and in behalf of the whole body of Christ, do you assume responsibility with these parents for the spiritual nurture of this child? We as an adult population, we answer yes to that question. Here's the second one. It says, do you commit yourselves to set a godly example before this child, to provide as far as you are able all that is necessary to the end that this child may one day confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? When we answer those questions, here are a few things we're saying yes to. Number one, at the very least, we are saying we as adults, we are going to pray for these children in this church. We're going to pray for the Connors, the Noahs, the Ivies, every child we see. We're going to pray for their spiritual well-being. We are going to pray that they come to know Christ. We are going to pray that it, in, as a part of this church, they're going to grow up like trees planted by streams of water. We will pray for our children. Another thing that we, we, that we are pledging ourselves to is we're saying that we as adults, we are going to live lives of love with Jesus Christ to such an extent that our kids will grow up and they might leave one day and say, you know what, I don't remember everything I learned at this church, but I'll tell you one thing. Those people were in love with Jesus. Those people had such a love and a relationship with Him. Why would I go anywhere else? Why else would I live any other life? Something else that we are pledging ourselves to. I believe we're pledging ourselves to worship, to worship the living God wholeheartedly. 
Man, to let nothing hold us back when it comes to just expressing our love for this God who's changed our lives. Something else that we're, we're, we're uh, pledging ourselves to, that we're stepping into more and more right now, is that I believe we're also saying, look, we are going to show our kids how to love this world by reaching out to our community together as a body. All of these things we're saying, we want to do this. We're saying, parents, when it comes to your children, you are not alone when it comes to raising your kids. We might not be their physical parents or legal guardians, but we consider ourselves spiritual parents to every child in this church. And even, even that attitude, you know what that attitude is? It's a culture changer. It, it's an, it, it changes the air in the room, the climate in a place, when we say, man, that's who our kids are to us. The disciples model something very different. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because we're not going there as a church. But this wholehearted love and this example for them. So I want to invite all of us as adults, I want to invite us to get in there with our kids. And there's a way, there's always a way that we can do it, you know? One very practical, I don't know, if, is Tara in the room today? She's probably with the kids. Tara, right back there. We have this beautiful woman named Tara who I would never mess with because Tara's cool. But, but Tara, Tara uh, she leads our children every week. She's, she's the head of our children's ministry here. And one thing that every adult in the room can do is make contact with Tara and say, Tara, how can I help? What is something practical I can do in the life of the kids? Tara might say to us, you know what, five or six of you or maybe 10 or 20 of you, I'd like to get a prayer group together. I want to give you some kids' names. I want to give you their pictures. Pray for these kids every day. It may be something as simple as that. Sometimes it could be setting up for, for something like a vacation Bible school. It makes a big difference. It could be that some of us have gifts of teaching that really need to be employed. But folks, there's a place, I really believe there's a place for all of us in children's ministry. So what I'm saying to us as adults is we have a lot to give to the next generation. You have so much to give to the next generation. Every one of us do. And the beauty of it is, is that, you know, what Jesus has just told us is that this generation has a whole lot to give to us. The next generation has a lot to give to us. So now here's how we're going to end. Every kid, and I will not embarrass the kids, I want every child in the room to come up front with me. Meet me right down here, children. We're going to do something fun. Come on, yeah. And if a parent wants to come up with a shy child, that's okay too. But kids, y'all come right up in here in this space. Hey, girl, look at your hair. Looks so good. Y'all come on up here. All the children. Okay, here, here's what we're going to do. these kids. Okay, Jesus in, in uh, Luke chapter 18, Jesus blessed the children, and that meant that Jesus prayed for the kids. So let's do this. Um, if I get in the middle, will you guys gather around me so I can just kind of pray over all you guys here? Let me just scoot right in the middle. Thanks, man. You said, yeah. We got one. All right, y'all gather around. I'm going to pray for y'all, okay? So come on all around here. Man, look at y'all. Oh, gosh, you're beautiful. Hey, if, if any of you want to come home with me, we can, oh, your parents don't let us, okay. All right, this is a prayer for you guys, okay? So, yeah, hey, Noah. All right, let's, let's pray together. God, these children, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And I thank you for everything they have to give us. Lord, I, I thank you for the homes you've placed them in, the parents that you've given them. Lord, I thank you for the way they love you out loud every day. And Lord, I ask you to bless them. 
Lord, I just pray that you would grow them up to be so in love with you and so full of faith and so alive. And I I thank you, Lord, that that this is a place, this is a church where who they are and the gifts that they have, that you've been given, uh, you've given to them, they really matter. So Lord, today in Jesus' name, may these kids know beyond a shadow of a doubt how much you love them. And we pray for every heart that it would be wide open to Jesus. And I thank you for the destiny, the life you have for all of them, the stories they're going to tell, the people that they're going to make you known to. God bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, come in close because we're, uh, Noah calls this a, a, a hug group. So come in here. Come on, let's hug. Can, you, can y'all get in close? Come on. Feel the love, feel the love. Okay, can y'all, one more thing with me? Can we do one more thing? All right. Line up across the front, okay, from, from there to there. Let's do this. I'll get in the line with you, okay? We're going to be together. Line up over here and over here, all right? Just stretch out. Yeah, that's cool. Face the adults. Now, here's what we're going to do for the adults, okay, so they don't feel left out. Can you guys stretch your arms like this toward the adults, okay? Stretch your arms like this toward them. Adults, stretch your arms back. And I'm going to pray over us as a family. Isn't this cool? You guys like this? It's awesome. Okay, let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, with all these hands stretched out towards one another, I pray for KPC as a spiritual family, that, God, we would be a place where there would be such sweet waters here. This would be such a living place. And, Lord, whether a person is 99 or a person is nine minutes old, we would be a family, one family loving Jesus. Lord, make KPC like a city on top of a hill, shining you for the world to see. Lord, I thank you for what you can do and what you will do in in our neighborhoods and in our towns through adults and through children. Lord God, thank you for the gift of one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, good job, guys. All right. Peace. Okay, I just pulled one over on you. That was the benediction. So go in the love of God, and you're free to love anybody you want, big or small, on the way out. God bless you today.